Hello and welcome to Arlen Education's podcast on motion. We're going to go over the SUVAT equations today as well as displacement, velocity and projectiles. As always, I'm going to start with a recap of what we already know and then build on that. From GCSE level, we know that velocity is the change in displacement divided by the time and that acceleration is the change in velocity divided by the time. There's also that distinction between instantaneous velocity, which is the velocity at that very second, and then average velocity over a period of time. Don't get these confused. You'll also have covered displacement time graphs, velocity time graphs, and acceleration time graphs. Just be really careful with vector quantities. Make sure that you're comfortable with the direction of travel on the graph. You may also remember how to find other quantities such as velocity from a displacement time graph. We know that velocity is calculated from the displacement divided by the time taken, so it makes sense that the gradient at any point on the graph would be equal to its velocity at that point. The gradient is calculated by the change in the y-axis, which is displacement, divided by the time, which is the x-axis. Likewise, for a velocity time graph, the gradient would be acceleration, as again, acceleration is a change in velocity divided by the time taken. We also have the possibility of finding the distance travelled during two points on the graph by using the area under the graph. The area is calculated by multiplying the change in speed by the time taken, which we know would give us the distance travelled. So you can see how they all link together nicely. Lastly, following the same pattern again, an acceleration time graph will give the change in speed when you find the area under the graph, as this would be the same as the acceleration multiplied by the change in time. This does only give the change in speed though, not the actual speed, as the graph doesn't show the starting speed. We're now going to look at projectiles and how to calculate things like maximum height, distance travelled along the ground, called the range, and time of flight. But before we start, let's recap the equations of motion that you need to know, known as the SUVAT equations, due to the symbols used in the formulae. S is displacement, U is initial velocity, V is the final velocity, A is acceleration, and T is the time. The SUVAT equations are V equals U plus AT, S equals UT plus half AT squared, V squared is U squared plus 2AS, and S equals U plus V all over 2 times by T. To start us off with projectiles, let's consider a few facts that we know already. Firstly, the effect of gravity is acting against any vertical motion, either upwards or downwards of the projectile, acting as a deceleration of minus 9.81 meters per second squared. I'm probably stating the obvious here, but gravity only acts on the vertical components of the motion and not the horizontal component. So let's say that a rocket is launched at 45 degrees with an initial speed of 10 meters per second. It has an equal proportion of velocity acting upwards and sideways. We're going to start by using trigonometry to work out the velocity components acting upwards and sideways. So using sine and cosine, the velocity upwards is sine 45 times 10, which gives us an upwards velocity of 7.1 meters per second. 
and the velocity sideways, similarly, is cos 45 times 10, which is also 7.1 meters per second sideways. Now we've broken down the initial velocity into upwards and sideways components, we're going to focus just on the upwards travel to start with. As you remember, we've got our initial velocity of 7.1 meters per second, and the negative acceleration due to gravity is going to slow that upward motion down, bringing it to a momentary stop at the highest point on the curve, and then bringing it back down to Earth. Here comes our first useful SUVAT equation. I always find it most useful to list out the information that we know, and then choose the right SUVAT equation depending on what we want to find out. So, here we know that the initial velocity, u, is 7.1. The final velocity, when it reaches the peak, is zero. And acceleration is minus 9.81 due to gravity. Let's say that we want to find both the time in the air and the height of the curve. To find the time, let's use the equation v equals u plus at. When we rearrange the equation and plug in the numbers, we get a time of 0.72 seconds. This is the time between the launch and the arrival at the top of the curve. For the total flight time, we can double this figure if the rocket is launched from the ground and hits the ground at the same level. Sometimes you may get questions where the rocket is launched from a platform and then falls below that level, so you won't always be able to just double this figure. It's also worth mentioning that as the flight path curve is symmetrical, the speed at which it is launched at is the speed at which it hits the ground again with. So, in this case, it had a speed of 10 meters per second, so it's going to hit the ground at a speed of 10 meters per second also. Right, now we've got the time to the top, let's work out the height it travels. Using v squared equals u squared plus 2as. Rearranging for s gives us a total height of the arc of 2.6 meters. Our next step is to work out the horizontal distance that it travels, also known as the range. This is perhaps the most useful calculation for real applications, such as in golf or firing a cannonball. In our next scenario, we're going to assume that the ground is flat and level, and so we can double our time to the top to find the total flight time, which is 1.44 seconds. As I mentioned before, we don't need to consider gravity when just looking at the horizontal motion, and we only need the initial speed and the total flight time. We're going to use the good old equation, distance is speed times time, so we can work out that the horizontal distance travelled in 1.44 seconds will be 10.2 metres. So, we've worked through a simple and fairly straightforward example of the calculations that you need to do for a projectile rocket. As I said though, there are other situations where you need to change your method slightly. For example, if the rocket is launched from a cliff into the sea, or from the ground up to a cliff, where the height of the ground changes. As a point to mention as well, all these calculations are assuming no air resistance, or wind, or turbulence in the air, which of course isn't quite realistic for a real rocket or a cannonball. Often you might see the word particle used to get round this simplicity. My biggest tip for these calculations is to draw yourself a sketch diagram of the scenario, and as you calculate things like distance, the top of the curve, and time, label it neatly on your diagram. This will help then if you need to use different SUVAT equations in different scenarios. Good luck! If you've enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to follow Ireland Education, or like us on Facebook for updates, 
free guides and information for our online group tuition classes and private tutors.